Welcome back again to Crossing the Jordan. And on this Always More Wednesday, I actually want to just release two different uh, episodes. I didn't want to combine them because they are somewhat different, but also I wanted to have them released on the same day because they're basically the same, talking about the same thing. Jimmy Aiken was the last episode we talked about the Bible as a Catholic book, and we went through his book, The Bible is a Catholic Book. And now also, I wanted to share a few other articles from people who were Protestant and became Catholic, and it's on the specific topic of sola scriptura. One of the uh, articles is titled, Sacred Scripture Depends on Sacred Tradition. Another article is called, Why I'm Catholic, Foundational Error of Sola Scriptura, and that's by Kenneth Hensley, who was a Protestant minister and then became Catholic in the 90s. And he's a big apologist, and this is why the big reason that he became Catholic is because the issues that Protestant is founded on, which is sola scriptura. And then, uh, then this article that I want to go to go through in detail is from my favorite Catholic apologist by Tim Staples, and it's titled "Protestant Achilles Heel." And so, we went through in the last episode on the same day, "The Bible is a Catholic Book" by Jimmy Aiken, which is one of my favorite Catholic apologists. Then we'll who's on Catholic Answers, and then I'll go to now my other favorite Catholic apologist on Catholic Answers, Tim Staples, and both all these guys being uh, converts from Protestantism to the Catholic Church. So I'm going to go through the Tim Staples article, that Protestant Achilles heel, and I'm going to pull out some of the quotes, so I'll just go through it. So he says this, Diving deeper into its meaning, it being sola scriptura, especially when I was challenged to defend my Protestant faith against Catholicism, I found there to be no book specifically on the topic of sola scriptura and no uniform understanding of this teaching among Protestant pastors. Once I got past the superficial, I had to try to answer real questions like, what role does tradition play? How explicit does a doctrine have to be in scripture before it can be called doctrine? How many times does it have to be mentioned in Scripture before it would be, be dogmatic? Where does Scripture tell us what is absolutely essential for us to believe as Christians? How do we know what the canon of Scripture is using the principle of sola scriptura? Who is authorized to write Scripture in the first place? When was the canon closed? Or the best question of all, where is sola scriptura taught in the Bible? These questions and more were left virtually unanswered or left to the varying opinions of various Bible teachers. In my experience as a Protestant, it was my attempt to defend this bedrock teaching of Protestantism that led me to conclude three different things about sola scriptura. It's one, unreasonable, two, unbiblical, and three, unworkable. The first issue of sola scriptura is that it's unreasonable. Just recently, I was speaking with a Protestant inquirer about this issue and he saw my point. He then said words to the effect of, I believe the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, as Jesus said in John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit guided the early Christians and helped them to gather the canon of Scripture and declare it to be the inspired word of God. God would not leave us without his word to guide us. The answer is much more Catholic than Protestant. Yes, John sixteen thirteen does say the Spirit will lead the apostles. Catholics certainly agree that the Holy Spirit guided the early Christians to canonize the scriptures because the Catholic Church teaches that there is an authoritative church guided by the Holy Spirit. The obvious problem is my Protestant friend did not use sola scriptura as his guiding principle to arrive at his conclusion. How does, for example, John 16.13 tell us that Hebrews was written by an apostolic writer and that it is inspired of God? 
we would ultimately have to rely on the infallibility of whoever the Holy Spirit is guiding to canonize the Bible so that they could not mishear what the Spirit was saying about which books of the Bible are truly inspired. In order to put this argument of my friend into perspective, can you imagine if a Catholic made a similar claim to demonstrate, say, Mary to be the mother of God? We believe the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth and guided the early Christians to declare this truth. I can almost hear the response, show me in the Bible where Mary is the mother of God. I don't want to hear what about God guiding the church. Wouldn't the same question remain for the Protestant concerning the canon? Show me in the Bible where the canon of scripture is, what the criterion of the, of the canon is, who can and cannot write scripture, etc. We do not say, the church is infallible because the inspired scriptures say so, and the scriptures are inspired because the infallible church says so. That would be a kind of circular reasoning. The church was established historically and functioned as the infallible spokesperson for the Lord decades before the New Testament was written. The church is infallible because Jesus said so. The second point of Sola Scriptura is that it's unbiblical. And he talks about what's old is new. And a lot of times there's a reference to 2 Timothy 3.16 talking about how the that all scripture is God-breathed, that is inspired, right? So let's first talk about what old is new. 2 Timothy 3.16 is referring to the Old Testament. It says that you learned from your childhood when St. Paul's writing to Timothy. Well, that is specifically talking about the Old Testament because the New Testament was nowhere near or around when Timothy was a child. James 1.4 illustrates clearly the problem with Protestant exegesis of 2 Timothy 3.16. He says this, And let steadfastness, patience, have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If we apply that same principle of exegesis to this text that the Protestant does to 2 Timothy 3.16, we would have to say that all we need is patience to be perfected. We don't need faith, hope, charity, the church, baptism, etc. Of course, any Christian would immediately say this is absurd, and of course it is. But James' emphasis on the central importance of patience is even stronger than St. Paul's emphasis on scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16. The key is to see that there is not a sola to be found in either text. Sola patience would be just as much an error as is sola scriptura. Tradition of God is the word of God in 1 Thessalonians 2.13 and 2 Thessalonians 2.15. In scripture, it talks about tradition is, be, is the word of God. And the third and last point is that sola scriptura is unworkable. It is really telling that since the Reformation of just about 480 years ago, a reformation claiming sola scriptura as its formal principle, there are now over 33,000 denominations that have derived from it. For 1,500 years, Christianity saw ju just a few undurring schisms, the Monophysites, the Nestorians, the Orthodox, and a few others. Now in just 480 years, we have this. I hardly think that when Jesus prophesied there would be one shepherd and one fold in John 10:16, this is what he had in mind. It seems quite clear to me that not only is Sola Scriptura unreasonable and unbiblical, but is unworkable. The proof is in the pudding. So that is just a few pieces of uh, Tim Staples' article of Sola Scriptura and what ultimately made him Catholic and how the, the principle of Sola Scriptura is unreasonable, unbiblical, and unworkable. So I hope that you, uh, you enjoy all of these uh, resources. Go and I have the these articles in the show notes so go and read them for yourselves if you want a little bit more details i was just pulling out certain aspects of that article 
to give more of an overview, but again, a lot of resources out there. Go to catholic.com and look up all these incredible conversion stories on this sole principle of Sola Scriptura and also on the Coming Home Network where you can find all these Protestant pastors who became Catholic because of, of this fact that the Bible is a Catholic book and you need scripture, tradition, and the magisterium to have the fullness of the Christian life because it is the church that Jesus founded as a historical fact and has guided into truth into all truth and it is the pillar and bulwark of truth it is the servant of truth and it, the gates of hell will never prevail against it because of the promises and grace of jesus christ